Good day and welcome to Postcards from a Gravelly Beach, Volume 1. My name is Devo and I'm here at the very end of the Puget Sound in Olympia, Washington, coincidentally near Gravelly Beach. The moon is mighty full tonight, the tides were drastic today, and I'm outside late night with Jasmine the cat and a tasty beverage, probably confusing the neighbors as to what I'm doing. Anyway, being episode one, here's what's up. Postcards from Gravelly Beach is an occasionally brewed up podcast featuring spoken word with bits of literary discourse and maybe from, well, maybe some tunes from time to time. Being my show, I'll start each installment with something of my own, a short story, essay, letters, or maybe some free verse. It's likely you'll find something you'll enjoy. I hope so, anyway. I'll also read something by someone else, likely a literary favorite from over the years, maybe even tying into a theme of some kind, or maybe not. We'll see what happens. Anyway, mostly postcards from a gravelly beach is about chillaxing with a beverage, digging the view in front of you, and listening to something new. All the stuff I write is stashed at unclewee.net, where I'll put up some show notes as well. And there's also links to my other projects and all that obligatory self-promotion stuff. To kick things off, here's what I got in mind. On a recent trip to the Olympic Mountains, hiking from the Ho River over to the Elwha Hot Springs, oh, I love hot springs, reading Thoreau's Walden, I was thinking about old dead Edward Abbey and recommending Desert Solitaire to my hiking companion, Christopher. So, I think I'm going to start off by reading a first few pages of a book featuring a character, Uncle Weed, which I wrote shortly after Ed's bones were buried in the desert. Uncle Weed's Red Rock Adventure, a story about a boy named Bob, his Uncle Weed, and Bob's friend Otto. By Dave Olson, pictures by Brandon G. Kagans. Like you can see them. Bob was going camping. His mom's brother had invited him. Let me take Bob down to the desert for a few days, Uncle Weed had asked. At first, Bob's mom pretended to be a bit hesitant. I don't know if I want you taking my young, impressionable boy on one of your crazy adventures to Never Never Land, she said. Uncle Weed assured her everything would be fine, and after listening to a heavy amount of bleeding, Bob's mom finally said, Okay. Bob figured his mom would have let him go either way. It was just her way of being goofy. Bob really liked his Uncle Weed. He came around fairly regularly, but not so often that it was too much, or not a treat when he did. Bob's dad would tease about Uncle Weed's visit. Here comes out long hair, looking for a free meal again, he would say. His dad always winked when he said it, so Bob knew it was a joke. He enjoyed the visits as much as everyone else. Uncle Weed brought along curious items to show and presents to give. Since he was a gardener, he often brought fresh vegetables or fruit. Sometimes, he brought crafts he'd made, like pottery, or objects he'd found on his adventures, many Indian arrowheads from the Anasazi tribe, for example. You can count on him for a load of stories and a stack of pictures as well. According to Bob's dad, Uncle Weed didn't have a real job. Bob's mom said he didn't need one, and Uncle Weed himself said he didn't have time for one. In summer, he took tourists on river trips and mountain bike rides. In fall, he sold pumpkins on the side of the road. When winter came, he sold firewood he'd cut from old Christmas trees he gathered. He kept busy helping different groups of people and donating his time to well-meaning organizations. Bob noticed he thought that this is what made Uncle Weed happy and successful. So. Bob and Uncle Weed were going camping. Not only them, but Bob's friend Otto. Otto told his friend all about his uncle, so he thought he'd ask if Otto could come along. They were, after all, best friends. 
Uncle Weed said, all right, but under two conditions. One, Otto's got to like wedgies and will laugh at my dumb jokes. Agreed, and they were off. First off, the boys had to trek to Uncle Weed's cabin in the canyon. It wasn't too far, but far enough that Bob's mom wanted to drive him. They thought it would be better if they hiked instead. It would get the adventure off to a good start, they figured. They went through a cemetery, even though it was daytime, through a canal, empty, and up and down a hill into the canyon. A busy road wound through the canyon, but they easily found a path along the river that led right to Uncle Weed's cabin in the woods. Bob couldn't remember which of the huts Uncle Weed lived in, so they yodeled and hollered for him. It wasn't too far away, and before they know it, he came running in top speed down a side road, pushing a wheelbarrow. They leapt in, and he pushed them along for a while. Then they just threw in the backpacks and took turns pushing. Uncle Weed's hut sat amongst a bunch of trees, bushes, flowers, and gardens. All around lived rabbits, squirrels, butterflies, and bugs. Tree forts, dog houses, and bird feeders appeared here and there around the colorful yard as did dogs, birds, and even a few wiener pigs with bright collars and name tags. Inside was filled with boxes, shelves, crates, and closets filled with stuff. It's one of those places you could stay for a year or two just looking, it seemed, to the kids. Looking and touching a lot. Sort of like a museum or petting zoo mixed together. There are bicycle parts, wooden toys, plenty of books, paintings, pots and pans, garlic bulbs, mobiles, photographs, and sculpture. Bob and Otto decided that Uncle Weed was certainly creative and handy. Bob's favorite thing was a collection of about half a dozen wooden drummer statues. Some were brown, but most were black. Otto's favorite was all the bikes, four that actually worked, and a bunch more in haphazard stack in the corner. They emptied their backpacks on the bed so Uncle Weed could make sure they had everything they needed. Leave the chewing gum and foam mattresses here, we won't need them, and make sure you bring all your paintbrushes and granola bars, he suggested. He threw a toothbrush, spare socks, pocket knife, and a big floppy hat into a burlap sack, and off they went. What wild hijinks await Uncle Weed, Bob, and Otto as they head south into the desert? Well, tune into a future episode of Postcards from a Gravelly Beach to find out. Next up for today, I'd like to read a little bit from Richard Brodigan's classic Trout Fishing in America. This piece is called The Mayor of the 20th Century. London. On December 1st, 1887, July 7th, August 8th, September 30th, one day in the month of October, and on the 9th of November, 1888, on the 1st of June, and the 17th of July, and the 10th of September, 1889. This guy was perfect. Nobody ever saw him, except, of course, the victims. They saw him. Who would have expected? He wore a costume of trout fishing in America. He wore mountains on his elbows and blue jays on the collar of his shirt. Deep water flowed through the lilies that were entwined about his shoelaces. A bullfrog kept croaking in his watch pocket, and the air was filled with the sweet, ripe smell of blackberry bushes. He wore trout fishing in America as a costume to hide his own appearance from the world while he performed his deeds of murder in the night. Who would have expected? Nobody! Scotland Yard? Poof! They were always a hundred miles away wearing halibut stalker hats, looking under the dust. Nobody ever found out. Oh, now he's the mayor of the 20th century. A razor, a knife, and a ukulele are his favorite instruments. Of course, it would have to be a ukulele. Nobody else would have thought of it. Pulled like a plow through the intestines. That's Richard Rodigan. 
from Trout Fishing in America. Well, that's it for today's program. I look forward to chatting with you again on another episode of Postcards from a Gravelly Beach. In the meantime, check out the website, www.uncleweed.net. You'll find all sorts of odds and ends there. Drop me a note if you want, no big whoop. I think next show, I'm going to feature uh, maybe some Walt Whitman, maybe some Gary Snyder, and maybe starting on my Letters from Russia project. We'll see what happens. Until then, whoever you are and wherever you are, enjoy the view in front of you. I'm Dave O, signing off from Olympia, Washington. <laughs>